The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. All right. So I want to second encouraging you all to read, be a part of the reading scripture uh, this year. Um, it's been a week and it has been wonderful. The, um, if you haven't downloaded the app on your phone, computer, I'd encourage you to do that. Some incredible videos that just really help explain the scripture that we're reading. And then we have the, uh, man, just the privilege of getting together in the house churches like, um, Vern mentioned earlier. Um, to just share what we're learning to each other, encourage one another, build one another up. I would have never thought that I would look forward to getting together with a small group of people. Um, I'm, a, I'm not a social person, if you, if you know me very well. Uh, I don't really like people. And, I, well, okay. I mean, okay. A little bit. And uh, so, you know, after a long day, you know, you get up early, you work hard all day, and you're wiped out. I mean, the thought of going out again at night is to me kind of like going to the dentist. It's, um, I don't go to the dentist. Um, And yet I found myself actually telling somebody after this last Wednesday night, I look forward to going. Isn't that weird? I mean, considering the people, no, I was um, So, <laughs> I did that for Nick and Branda's benefit, yeah. So, uh, Cindy and I are part of Nick and Branda's house church. Um, if you're not a part of a house church, I'd encourage you to attack them afterwards. Um, and, man, it is a wonder, wonderful time together, just sharing life together, growing together. And um, as weird as it is, I look forward to it. So, um, <laughs> um, so as we've been reading, and as we read through Scripture, what's going to happen Sunday after Sunday is, beginning of this Sunday, is that uh, we're going to be preaching on something that's in, in the um, Scripture that we're reading. So, the ominous task I have this morning is was to pick something between Genesis 1 and Genesis 37 to preach on. Um, You know, there's not much there. (laughs) Um, I mean, think about it. You got creation. That's that's kind of important. And then you come to Genesis chapter 3, and we see Adam and Eve listening to the deceiver, you know, that God is holding something back from them, and and they give into his lies and they fall out of relationship with God. And then we have the promise of a, of a descendant who would come and, and bring hope and deliverance to humanity out of the brokenness and sin that just envelops us. You got Cain and Abel, chapter 4. Uh, chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, you have uh, the sinfulness of humanity and you have the flood. You have... 
I mean, we just go on and on. We have the Tower of Babel, Genesis chapter 11. You have God's promise to Abraham in Genesis 12 that in his descendant, ultimately looking forward to Jesus, all the families on earth would be blessed, meaning hope would be in Abraham's descendant, ultimately Jesus who would come. And we go on and on. We have um, Abraham being called by God to, uh, as a test to sacrifice the promised son Isaac. Um, we have Jacob wrestling with God. We have Joseph's dreams. I mean, we got out of all of those things, I'm guessing that if I did a survey, what do you want me to preach on? You'd all pick something different. I mean, there's just so much there. So what do I do? So instead of talking about a particular person or story um, or passage, um, I'm going to talk about a perspective that I think pervades the beginning of Scripture. And it's this right up here, walking with God. The perspective is that God made us for relationship with him. Let that sink in for a second. I mean, the God who created everything, who formed everything, I mean, the God that we look to as our sustainer and provider and, and redeemer, that God made us for relationship with him. And I think that's really at the heart from the very beginning of Scripture, and we have this phrase, walking with God, that is woven throughout the beginning of Scripture that I think gives us this perspective that is, excuse me, that is so important. So a question I want you to be thinking about is, is my life lived in the presence of God? I mean, think about it. Is, as you go to work, when you go to school, changing a dirty diaper, cooking dinner, repairing a car. I mean, all life is my life lived in the presence of God. And what I love about this phrase is I think what it teaches us is that walking with God is, is what we were created for. Literally, walking with God. It's what he created us for. Uh, and I... This has been good for me, again, because I tell you, I'm a, you know, I never would have thought of, but I'm, I can be a pretty driven person. Um, I know that's a surprise to you. The, uh, uh, and, and I get up in the morning and I can have a, you know, I can have a wonderful time, you know, reading scripture and then I get it in email <laughs> or a text <laughs> or a phone call, or I look and I got a message, and boy, I tell you, my day kicks in. And it's almost like, oh, what happened to God, you know? <laughs> and, but, but the beauty of it is, is that God made us in the midst of all that to walk through it with him, to, to live with him and walk with him and talk with him and listen to him in the midst of all that. And that's what's been so wonderful uh, for me, and we're just so we're just going to go through. We're going to start with Genesis chapter three, where where we see the phrase for the first time, and it's right after Adam and Eve have listened to the lie of of the tempter. Uh, you can be like God. 
Well, the funny thing is, is that God had already made them in his likeness. <laughs> to be like him, to have a relationship with him. And, and yet, the subtlety, and, and we hear the lies all the time, don't we? Every day around us, like, ah, oh, you're missing out, or ah, oh, this is life, this is, oh, this is where pleasure is. And so they gave in, and they realized now that they're separated from God, and they're filled with shame and, and fear and anxiety, and they're hiding in this beautiful garden that God made for them. And we come to verse 8. Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I think this was a, just a habit that happened every day as, as the intensity of the heat of the day kind of waned that, that God would show up. I and mean, we were talking this person, God, would show up as a real person and he would show up to walk with them throughout the day, in the cool of the day. And they would chat. They would just, God was like, how was today? Uh, how are your onions and lettuce doing? You know, um, Having fun with the panda bears? I mean, you know, they're in this, and there's probably a deeper conversation than that. But the reality is, is it's a relationship, right? It's about relationship. Cindy and I go for walks when she can get me out of the house. And the, uh, and what are those walks about? We're not, I mean, we, we talk about everything. Sometimes we don't talk at all. We just are together. But other times, you know, we're asking, talking about, you know, how challenging the day was or the joys of the day or things we learned or things that we're discouraged about. I mean, it's just about relationship, right? Walking. And so the Lord would show up in the cool of the day, but on this day, Adam and Eve, they're hiding from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And I think this is what, what is going through God's mind as he says, where are you? It's like, as he's, he's like, Adam and Eve, uh, I thought it was time for our evening walk. <laughs> where are you? He knows where they are. He's God. He knows right now that they're full of shame and fear. They're feeling alone and alienated. And, and yet it's like, <laughs> are we playing to hide and go seek today? <laughs> Where are you? And I think one of the beautiful things we're going to see, as we, especially as we come to one of the next passages, is that this is our God. He made us for a relationship with him. And, and he longs for that relationship, incredibly, even more than we do, right? Because we've forgotten how incredible the opportunity is for us to actually walk and talk and listen and communicate with the Lord God. And, and I think he's hurt as he's walking in the cool of the day because he knows the alienation and the separation that's happened between him and Adam and Eve. And he's grieved by it. God didn't make us for that. God didn't make us for separation and aloneness and alienation and, and shame and fear and anxiety. He made us for relationship with him. And so as we carry on, Genesis 5, notice we're going to see a 
a few illustrations. You know, that was God's intention for every single human being. And then as sin entered the world and we became separated from him, what we see is glimpse of people who longed for that. And, and it's available to all of us. But we see a few we're just going to look at. No, the first one is Enoch here. Genesis chapter 5. He became the father, verse 22, of Methuselah. Famous for being the guy that lived longer than anybody else. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked. It says faithfully. But I want you to know, I, I studied this word because I studied languages. I like languages. And the word translated walked faithfully, it just means walked. And I think what the translators are doing is they're, they're trying to focus on Enoch's faithfulness where the focus is on the relationship. It's the exact same word in Genesis chapter 3 of where it talks about the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. It didn't say God walked faithfully. It's the same word. God walked. He literally walked with them. And, and that's what is being communicated to hear what's available to us and what individuals like Enoch took advantage of is that they walked with God. 23, it says, Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years and he walked with God. And then he was no more because God took him away and we don't know what happened to him, but, but there was just such an intensity of relationship between Enoch and God that in some way, God just said, let's keep walking. <laughs> Genesis chapter 6. We come to really a dark time on planet Earth. It says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the Earth. Notice this, that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Kind of sounds like today, right? But notice, the Lord regretted. Notice how our brokenness breaks God's heart. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. And it had come to the point to where the Lord said, I'll wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals, the birds, the creatures that move along the ground for I regret that I have made them. But... But instead of God just saying to the hell with you all, <laughs> you know, it's a, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. In the midst of the darkness, we see God's grace. And so we see the account of Noah and his family whom God preserved the human race through. It says Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his day, and he was a man that walked with God. Well, notice, in the midst of kind of one of the darkest times ever, where every, every inclination of the thoughts of, of, of every human heart was wicked, in the midst of that, Noah walked with God. Um, I think that should encourage us that it doesn't matter how horrible our workplace is, <laughs> how dark it is, where we go to school, it doesn't matter. In the midst of that, we can walk with God. Uh, next one. Genesis 18. 
I like this. It says, The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. And this isn't Abraham having a vision. This is the Lord literally showing up on Abraham's doorstep. We're going to skip down to verse 16. As the Lord shows up, notice it says, When the men got up to leave, it was the Lord and two others. They looked down towards Sodom and notice, Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. I mean, this is Abraham's life. He's used to just hanging out with God. And we're going to see that because it says, The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. That's the promise. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. And the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. So the men turned away, went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. And so Abraham and Jesus are hanging out, they're walking, and they stop as the angels head towards Sodom and, and the judgment that's going to happen there. But what we see, and I'd encourage you to read the rest of the chapter, it's an incredible example of how bold we can be with God, how confident we can be about God when we spend time with him. As Abraham's standing before God and he knows that his nephew Lot is in Sodom and God's about ready to destroy Sodom because of its wickedness, Abraham says, Jesus, what if there's 50 righteous people in Sodom? You won't destroy it, will you? And Jesus says, no, I won't. And then Abraham gets bolder and bolder. And until finally, he comes to the point, okay, I'll ask one more time. And he, he just works his way. He says, what if there's just 10? And he's assuming that Lot has had enough impact on Sodom that there's at least 10. What if there's only 10? Will you not destroy it? And Jesus says, no, I won't. Incredible boldness. It's not a boldness that comes from, you know, just meeting someone or hanging out with someone casually, it's, it comes from a lot of walks together. It comes from a relationship. A relationship that probably very few of you have with me, like my kids do. Like, just to give you an example, I was sitting there earlier next to my mother, and and I got a wet willy. <laughs> that is so inappropriate, church. <laughs> Unless you're my daughter. You know, we do that all the time to each other. And <laughs> it she started it, of course I wouldn't. And uh but that's that's what happens when you have a relationship, right? I mean, you don't have to do that if you have a relationship. <laughs> At the end of the first gathering, Daniel said probably an example would be that he would walk up and tackle me. 
that very few of you would do. But that's what happened. And that's the boldness that we see of Abraham. Isn't that incredible? Wouldn't you love that boldness, that confidence with God to ask big things of him, things above and beyond what you could ever ask or imagine because you spend time with him? Deuteronomy 24. Notice. Yeah, thank you. Genesis. They're both in the Bible. Genesis, <laughs> Genesis 24. This is, uh, notice, this is uh, Abraham talking. It says, the Lord before whom I have walked. We're just going to leave the word faithfully. Just, he walked. He spent time walking. The Lord before whom I have walked. I will send his angel with you. This is Abraham talking to his servant who's on his way to get a bride for his son Isaac. And Abraham is confident that as he sends his servant on his way, he will be successful because Abraham knows God. And what I love is the word before there is really a compound. It's like two prepositions and another word all bundled together that is translated before here, but literally, if you were to translate it, it would say, the Lord in the presence of whom I have walked. The Lord in whose presence I have walked, meaning I've been with him, I've walked with him, and I know him, and I know that as you go with him to find a bride for my son, that you'll be successful because I know God. We know God that well because we, we walk with him. One more, Genesis 48. We see the same thing here. Jacob is blessing Joseph. And look what he says. He says, may the God, same word there, in whose presence my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, walked. This is Jacob talking about his dad and his grandpa, and he'd seen them walk with God. What a heritage, huh? That my kids would see that. My employees would see that. People would see me walking with God. God has been my shepherd all my life to this day. The angel who has delivered me from all harm. And people would see. And people would in the same way be drawn to walk with Jesus to know him. I'd just like to summarize these verses. We've gone through five things that I think what it means to be a person that walks with God. The first one is, I think walking with God is what we've been created for. It's not, it's not meant to be some oddity. It's what God made us for. He made us to hang out with him, to know him, to spend time with him to be best friends with him, to listen to him, to talk with him, to pour out our hearts to him. It's what we were made for, to relate to God as a real person. Not a theory, not a, not a information. And I tell you, this is hard for a preacher. You know, we got, we got so much information in our heads. Um, it's hard for me not to reduce God to truth and not a person that I can know and love and walk with. 
Number two, being a person that walks with God is a person who recognizes our need of God. Uh, what I love in, in Genesis chapter 5 where it talked about Enoch, it described him, it says, after he became the father of Methuselah, he walked with God. You get that? After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. And I think what that means is he never really saw his need of God until he became a parent. <laughs> He's like, God, I need you. <laughs> we need to start going on walks. <laughs> um, I need some advice. And, you know, he'd read all the scrolls on parenting. and, um, But he, no, he knew he needed God. So it's a person who knows they need God. A person like Noah who found favor in God's eyes. He knew he needed God's favor. Um, and that can be hard because we can be pretty prideful people, right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we go through our day and, and we just plow through it, often without an awareness of God at all, as if we don't need him. Even though it's in him we live and move and have our beings. Number three, being a person who walks with God, meaning, meaning it's, it's something that can happen anywhere and at any time. Think Noah. In the midst of a world where every inclination of the hearts of all of humanity was evil all the time, and it wasn't an excuse for Noah. God, you don't know how bad it is. You don't know my workplace. You don't know my, my school I tell you, if Noah could walk with God, anybody can walk with God. Um, in the midst of it, not escaping from it, but in the midst of it, in the decisions we make and the, the challenging relationships we're experiencing, that we're, we're walking through them with God, listening to his voice, listening for his advice. Number four, being a person who walks with God is a person who lives in the presence of God. You know, it's that little word before that really means in the presence of. Meaning that we want to live life in God's presence. It's not a little, you know, little quickie time in the morning where we read our scripture and then we go through our days on our own. But it's walking through them, being aware. That's, that's what I long for, is that increasingly I would have this consciousness, this awareness that of God listening to his voice following his leading. And then finally I think ultimately what we see happening is what we see happening with Abraham is he was standing before Jesus there and they were talking about Sodom and the incredible boldness. It's a humble boldness. I mean as we read that story He's like, God, I, man, one more time. I mean, I know, I know I'm really pushing the boundaries here, but I mean, there's this humble, but it's a boldness, what he asked of God, the creator of the universe. Just think the difference in our lives if we walk through our lives with that incredible boldness that, that God could and will do above and beyond what we could ask or imagine. So often we go through life with such petty Right? Perspective. What can I handle today? What can God handle today? A boldness. Walking with God. Walking with God. You know, um, 
individuals and God, man, just wonderful testimonies, people who were tight with God, hung together with God, and they talked about everything. They talked about chariots and, and um, food and, and health and finances they, and women, men. They just talked because it's that relationship, that growing relationship that, would, that gave them the boldness to live for God. It's what we were made for. It's what God wants. Really what God longs. Isn't that amazing that the creator of the universe longs for a relationship with you, with me? So in thinking about this, this has been something, I've always been attracted by this phrase, walking with God, that these men walked with God. Men and women who spent time with God. Um, And so thinking about it, a week ago when I was preparing, began preparing this sermon, I uh, committed to walk, to do a daily walk with Jesus. 30 minutes, and this is how I have to do it because um, I can be pretty anal about things, I suppose. I, I brought my my phone with me with its timer, you know, 30 minutes. So I didn't, you know, whip out five minutes and said, oh, I've done my, I've walked with Jesus. And I obviously didn't want to do it too long. <laughs> um, and so I brought my phone. Uh, six days ago, I made that commitment. I was successful three of those six days. It's hard, right? Life is busy. It's full of all kinds of stuff. I had a, an intention to daily spend 30 minutes just going on a walk with Jesus. And I was successful three of those days. And it was hard because I get distracted. You know, I start walking and it's like, oh my goodness, I have to do that and I have to do that. And, but, but a commitment to do that. And, and for me, just to give you a glimpse, it's, it's been wonderful. I've, it's become one of my commitments that I'm hoping to do daily or at least more often than I do now. Um, But it's been actually, it's been incredible just as I've taken the time to be still with God, just to walk with Him. That was the only reason. To give you an idea of how miraculous it is, I I am not a picture taker. Uh, You know, like photographs. In fact, Hannah and I aren't very good friends because she's a photographer. And... um, So, I've been walking, and it's amazing as I've walked and as I've really worked at just listening for God's voice and asking Him questions and sharing my life and listening, one of the things that came to my mind was, this is incredible what I'm seeing as I walk. (laughs) And this is the miraculous point. I actually took my phone out. And took some pictures. I know. And I put one on Instagram. Yes. With with my wife's help. But it but for me, and that might seem trite to you, but for me, it's like it it opened up a new ability to see. When you know the old phrase, slow down and smell the roses, I'm not very good at slowing down and smelling whatever's around me. And so, 
the roses, okay? <laughs> Man, I am so excited to just get to know Jesus better this year. And I just challenge you, I, I encourage you, just like Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Isaac, as, as they walked with God who wanted to walk with them, that you do that. I mean, for some of you, it might not be walking. Maybe it'll be a car ride. You'd love to drive, and you'll just go for a, a drive. And I'd encourage you not necessarily to talk to the space next to you because people might think you're weird, but if you want to be weird, that's okay. Um, I, I just kind of do it in my head because I don't have the strong enough self-image to talk to... You know, even though, and I'm saying, even though I know he's real, he's there. So whether it's a car ride or maybe if you're at work, maybe it's your lunch break. Just take a lunch break with Jesus or a coffee date or go on a hike. I just challenge us to be people like the people of old, to be people for which God made us to build a relationship with him. Let's pray. God, it is so amazing that you made us for yourself. Uh, you could have just made us servants. You could have just made us people to do your bidding, but you made us for relationship, to know you, to know your goodness and your beauty, to learn about your creation and, and to walk with you, to talk with you, God, help us to be those people, to be a people that know you better, way better next year this time than we do now because we've taken time to just walk with you. Amen.